and um, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20, verse 16. Someone read that for me. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Giving false testimony. Now, this is not like uh, sharing your testimony and lying about your salvation. Okay, though that can you know, be there with the testimony. But um, what we're talking about is the issue of lying. And there's a variety of ways that this scripture and this commandment has been communicated. Um, can anyone say they are not a liar or have not lied? Okay. I doubt that that would be the case. In fact, according to Psalm 116.11, David said, in my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. Okay, and he recognized that reality in all of us. Is deception of lying always sinful? And you, we've talked about this in previous lessons, this issue, but obviously I would say yes and no. Okay? Um, give me some examples of where lying is sinful. Under oath. Lying under oath. And we've seen that multiple times in a court of law. Okay? What else? What are other examples of lying that are sinful? <coughs> if you can't think of any right off the hand, just think of your last time you did. No, no, no. <laughs> Without works. works is what? 
Dead. In other words, if you say you are a follower of Christ, but it's not being shown in your lifestyle, in your works, you can't say that you're a follower of Christ because it's dead. Your faith is meaningless or worthless if it doesn't come out in your daily life. So in other words, you can't you, – you, Christians do this at times, but we should never compartmentalize our life. This is my spiritual side. When I go to church, I'll act and talk and, like a Christian. But as soon as I get in the car, I can do anything I want. Okay? And that's not true Christianity, according to James. Well, James says, was not Rahab the harlot justified, declared righteous like Abraham, okay, when she received the spies and sent them out in a different direction? Now, that's the problem. How did she go about sending the spies off in a different direction? Because she, when the soldiers came, she says, oh, they've come. Yes, they were here, and they left. Run after them, and you'll catch them if you go back to the story. And they, or if you're more of an Englander, you know, and you like Monty Python. <laughs> and they go off to, to get a reward. And she goes upstairs, cuts a deal, and then she sends them out. And she and her family were saved. Because she sent the spies off in a different direction and she lied about them. We also know what? what what's another example from scripture? Yeah. Um, the, the, um, midwives, I the Hebrew um, midwives. From Exodus chapter 1. Yeah. If you go back to Exodus 1, here's these midwives are being told by Pharaoh, their commander, their leader, their government authority, when, when the boys are born, kill them. All the boys were saved because the midwives feared God. And when they were confronted, they go, oh, Pharaoh, you just don't understand these women. These Hebrew women are just so different. When we're notified, they're already out. I mean, labor is just so short. Was that true? Probably not. Or they wouldn't have had to lie, you know, to say it. It wasn't being viewed that way, you know. And there's several examples of that. But the issue is, is that at times we see a conflict, don't we? It's, it's not always simple. And so when we look at it, does, I, I want to make it clear, though, does the Bible say that God hates lying? Yes. Someone read for me Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. Six, six things the Lord hates, seven are, that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Okay, these are seven things that God hates and that are detestable. They're an abomination to him, literally. Okay? Now, I, that's what the word literally means. Detestable is abomination. Now, you can also go back in Scripture. It's the same Hebrew word. You can go back in Scripture and see other abominations from Deuteronomy. That's the category that all these things are into. And he hates haughty eyes, proud, a proud look, pride, a lying tongue. A murderer. These, uh, 
Are you telling me that when I lie, it's the same thing as killing to you? At least the consequences may not be the same, but they're still an abomination. They're detestable to you. You hate them. Yep. He hates them just like he does murder, pride. Those who devise evil schemes and are quick to rush to evil. Look at our culture today. Those who pour out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. You think there's a few people that are stirring up conflict in our communities? And God hates that. Okay? If you wonder what God's position is on it, you know it. This is not right. So how is this issue reconciled? If God hates lying, then why did he seem to praise lying? Why did he seem to bless it at times? It's based upon the context and intent. When, when our deception lying is for our good, when it's for selfish gain, selfish motivation, God hates it. Okay? But and now I, I will say this. This is my opinion of the interpretation of Scripture. This is not the opinion of some of our early church fathers, like Aquinas, others. They believed lying was always wrong, even in good intent, because it violated the nature of God. He is the way, the truth. So anything opposite of the truth is opposite of God. And so in their interpretation, they didn't, they didn't consider Abraham, um, the midwives. They didn't look at Gideon. They didn't look at the story of Rahab. They didn't look at any of that. They just said, no, there has got to be a different explanation. And we'll find out in heaven. Because always be truthful. And you know what? Let God be true and every man a liar. Okay, so this is just my interpretation based on the practicality of scripture. It seems to be based on context. Okay. Because if you go back to Exodus 1, what does he do? He blesses the Hebrew midwives so that the children of Israel, the women, were able to have children. And he puts out a special blessing on them for what they did. So he blesses them at least for that with which they did, which seemed to be a higher issue. So let's look at the specific context of this verse. And you're right on the money. Okay? It is lying in a courtroom. Perjury. Speaking of, that is the specific one. Someone read Deuteronomy 17.6 for me. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. Okay. First Timothy 5.19. We'll read that. Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. And we remember the same issue when the woman who was caught in the act of adultery was brought to Jesus, and she's thrown down at the feet of Christ. What do you do with her? She's committed adultery. And what, what did Jesus do? He kneels down and starts writing in the sand. Everyone wants to know what Jesus wrote in the sand. If I were Jesus, I'm not Jesus, but if I were Jesus, and knew the thoughts and the intents of humans, I would have went, if I was standing there ready to stone the stoner to get Jesus to do this, he would have said, Lou, wider, and start listing my sins. 
and then Bob and I would be like, and it says from the oldest to the youngest, what happened? They left. They left. And he said, woman, now if Jesus being a fulfiller of the prophets, the Old Testament, the law, if he took up a stone and said, woman, I know what you did. You're an adulterer. And took up a stone and stoned her himself, what would have happened? He would have violated the law. Because the law could not condemn someone on one witness. It had to be two. And none were there. But Jesus. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. And let me just remind us here today. When your heart is full of contrition, you recognize your sin, and you know that Jesus recognizes it too. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Wow, that's God. If you ever think of God as something other than that, remember, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are Christ Jesus. We walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So those of us who are striving, even though we sin, even though we're undeserving, when our heart's passion is to live for him, and yet we still sin, God does not condemn us, but by grace forgives us when we come to him and confess it. The specific context of this service, again, is lying in a courtroom. The Ten Commandments give the worst-case scenario breaking the command. Okay? This is the worst-case scenario now. But breaking these commands are expanded later. Give me some examples of that. When, when God, in his word, gave the Ten Commandments, he clearly communicated them, this is it. Do not murder. But later they were expanded. Who expanded them? Jesus. Give me one example. Well, he said that uh, not just do not murder, but if you hate somebody and think about it in your heart, your intention, then that's also. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just the issue, well, I've never killed somebody. You ever hate somebody? Murder. Oh, man. <laughs> if you, you're, I've never committed adultery. Have you lusted? Oh, come on. Everybody has murder, adultery. So what he's doing is he's saying, what's really the intent of this? Don't just go by legalism. Well, what's the law? Here's an example of how you practice this almost, at least weekly, if not daily. Okay? Do you go by the law or the intent of the law? When it's 65 miles an hour, if you drive 66, are you breaking the law? Or is it the intent of the law? No, no the issue is to say you're not breaking it, right? You're good. Why? Well, because same police give you up to seven miles over the speed limit. So the intent of the law is to say stay close to 65. Even if, but if you're going 45, you're going to, you can get a ticket too. 
because you're an endangerment to people. The issue is you don't want to endanger people. You want to take care of people. You want to protect people. You don't want to be driving 85, lose control of your vehicle because you're looking at your phone, you go off the edge of the road, overcorrect, and start flipping your car and, and, and hit other people. That's not what you want to do, okay? Those accidents do happen. That's why they call them accidents. But it's the intent. What's the intent of the law? The Bible is the same way. What is the intent of the scripture? Well, what's the law? You know, okay, I won't go, but I'll do this. What was the intent of it? So when you're reading scripture, look at the heart of the matter. Because remember, Jesus, Jesus looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So in other words, it's not just, well, I didn't do this. What was your motive? Oh, man, I'm not going to go to motive, too. Yeah, in everything. You should, yes, Sam. So what was it that, that you said about the speed limit? Can't wait, is it all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I'm not the law. True. But the law says it's, say, 55 or 35. But will a police officer pull you over for 36? Only unless the state demands that they need more money. Okay, John Swan said, Seven is fine, nine, you're mine. There you go. Seven is fine, and nine, you're mine. Exactly. So the issue, but I, I would caution you, though. In a 35 or 25, in a 25, I wouldn't recommend going 32. I was with Bob on the way to the ER. I was going through restaurant. Oh, yes, there was. Well, they were ignoring me with my flatter. Oh, God. What's your authority? <laughs> That's a good lesson for all the young people here, right? All of us. And we're all the young people here, amen? Okay. Just because you don't get caught doesn't mean God doesn't see it. You should never speak intentionally something that isn't true. That's true. Okay? Now, we understand, even context at times, what about the FBI and CIA? You know, do they ever lie and because of the authority of the government that's on them? Yes. Is there a certain context that, are you grateful? Yes. You know, there's certain avenues and questions that come up. But it's the issue of do we profane or blaspheme God when we do? Leviticus 19, 11, 12 says, do not steal, do not lie. Do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by the name, my name, or and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Don't speak anything that's un unintentionally there isn't true or false. That you do that intentionally. In other words, it can be as simple as did you eat the did you eat a cookie <laughs> with crumbs all over your mouth. Yes, Darren. Isn't there a verse somewhere that says, Thou shalt be okay to lie if your spouse asks, Does this outfit look okay? Yes. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives. Christ gave himself for it. <laughs> and your response should be, Lou, you're killing me. <laughs> I'm saying it here. Okay, there you go. But think about this. 
there, are, there is the intent of what you're trying to accomplish. In other words, you will know if you're a follower of Christ, if what you're saying isn't true. Your, the Holy Spirit will communicate it instantly to you. The question will be then, how will I handle this? Should I say at this moment, wait, that's not true. Or will we just let it pass? And I remember as a kid, I told you before, my dad was a very hard disciplinarian. Very hard. Um, and it has affected all of us kids, but I can still remember in the front yard being confronted, my brother and I were being confronted by my father for doing something and I had done it. And I lied through my teeth. Because I knew that if I told the truth, I'd get a beating of the lifetime. And he ended up not beating us both. But, and I remember getting both the best beaten. We were in the bathtub one time. I guess my brother and I, when we were little, we were fooling around. My dad came in with a belt. We were in the bathtub, and man, that hurt with water. Oh, man. But I thought, it's better to lie than, than get what I'm, it's coming to me. And I thought that way. And you know, when you grow up, and you learn to practice lying because you want to get out of a negative consequence, it can really turn back and bite you in the end. The hard thing is, is how do we respond as parents? Because our Heavenly Father disciplines us, whom He loves. But we, but our, but we never, we should never recognize the fact that He doesn't always love us too. And that's always the hardest thing, learning how to discipline your child while still at the same time communicating your great love for them. Or in a situation with an employee and employer. As an employer, sometimes you have to discipline an employee if you want to communicate, I'm doing this out of love. Because I want you to improve. I want you to do the right thing and be blessed. Secondly, we're not living as image bearers when we lie. If we're living the image of God, whose inscription, whose image is this? Of Caesar's. And whose image are we? If we're Jesus to the world around us, if we're to reflect him, live by Christ, walk as Jesus walked, John tells us, to walk as Jesus walked, to live by Christ, we're not to lie to each other. Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says, someone read that for me. Do not lie to each other, but you have taken off, since you have taken off your old self, which is practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. We're the image of our creator, God. He creates you in his image. So reflect him. <laughs> In what you do, in your business practices, in your in, the, in everything that we do, how we treat our spouse, how we talk to them. And the, the danger is, and if we're not careful, if, okay, if we're honest, we don't lie. Don't we want to protect ourselves? And at times we what we will do is we'll defend ourselves. Well, you don't understand, I just had a bad day, so get over it. 
does justification justify what we said or did? But we can do that. We, we, we do that. You, you just don't understand. Here's my situation. And so my situation justifies. Now let me ask this question. As a culture, as a society, what do we think about how people are responding in our communities? Is destroying property justification for maybe past sins? Is that the way to make change happen? I I'm opposed to that. You know, but we use all kinds of things as excuses to let us do what we want to do, whether it's right at times or wrong. We're not to speak evil against our neighbor. False testimony in Exodus 12, 16, it literally means untrue. So don't lie in the courtroom. Don't say anything that's untrue. But in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it gives the Ten Commandments over again with a little bit different verbiage. It changes the words a little bit. In fact, in this case, which was written 40 years later, the word for speak evil against your lying, uh, you should not give false testimony. False testimony here is insincere or worthless. When you're insincere with your comments, worthless comments, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Insincere or worthless. How do we do this? How do we break this commandment from this perspective? I'll share one. A false compliment. Do you ever manipulate through compliments that you may not even believe is true just to make people happy? How do we give insincere comments to somebody? Or meaningless, worthless comments? Do you, ever, do you ever say something that's not true just to make a point in an argument? You always, you never. 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 Liar. <laughs> we we over-exaggerate. And it, it literally becomes meaningless, worthless words because it does nothing to improve them. It does nothing to help them grow in Christ. It's not to edify them. It's not to build them up. It's just to win a point. We've won the argument. And when you win the argument, you, you may lose every single time. Because it's not about the argument, it's about the person. How do we help them grow and, and do the right things? James expands on the idea in James 4.11. To slander someone means we defame or smear their character. Someone read James 4.11 for me. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Okay. So here's the question then. Okay. We, we're, we're judgmental of them. How do we do this today? Gossip. Gossip. Have you ever shared something that you weren't for sure it was true, but you were told it was true? 
and then find out later it wasn't true? That's like assuming everything you read on the internet is true. Have you ever seen something on the internet that found out later that wasn't true? Okay. Have you ever been told something before by someone and found out later it wasn't true? But there's, it, it, there's just something about gossip that's juicy. It's like people who get on their social media platform to announce something. Like they want to be the first person to tell what happened. And they use it. But what's the motive? Because I want to be known as the person who's informed. Yeah, father. Imputing motive. In other words, you are imputing motive that you don't know why that person did it, but you're assuming the worst why they did something and to come to find out that is not the reason they did it. Yeah. Imputing motive. Assuming you know why they did what they did. Until later you find out. And that can go in both ways. Someone, you know, can, you can confront them on it and they change the story because they know the real story because they're lying because if I sell the truth, I'm going to go down on this one. Or you find out that that wasn't their intent at all. Your point, exactly. Yeah. In other words, what we have to be careful of is that we don't say something about somebody, okay, that isn't true. Or we say something about somebody that ultimately ends up hurting them, that doesn't build them up, it doesn't edify them. And if we're not careful, it's easy to do that. As if we're the judge. But God never called us to be the judge. Judge not lest you be judged. Do you want to be judged? I don't. So we have to be careful of that. To say, wait a minute, stop. Is that edifying? Does it build up? People ask me all the time, so what do you think? What do you think? You know, it's like, anything you, can, you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Or at least the court of public opinion. And usually being silent is the smartest thing. Why open my mouth and prove everyone right? Well, our time is up for today. But I want to remind you that these lessons are designed not to just get through them, but to transform us. If they were important enough for God to write them as a commandment and write them in stone and to preserve them in the Ark of the Covenant for at least a time period, they're pretty important. So what he's doing is saying, okay, here's ten things. Can you get these ten? Can you figure out these ten? And if you can't, praise the Lord. Let's work on these. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for who you are. We worship you. I praise you for who you are. Forgive us, Father, for our sin of lying and deception. False testimony false motives. God, we've all committed at times, but God, may our hearts desire to be truthful and honest in everything that we do. May we glorify you through our words. 
through our posts and social media, through how we treat people. God, I pray that you would bless our families, encourage us, and even those of us who, in this classroom, when we do the right thing, may we feel like we're being used by you. When we choose to be honest, may it be recognized and appreciated. God, thank you for what you're doing in and through us. May we be a blessing to those we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week. Yeah, I think next week, I, I was told we're going to be back in here again next week. Unless they've come to the conclusion they're, they're not utilizing it. But you will we'll put it out on Facebook and email or whatever, you know, we'll, we'll do. So, But right now I've been told we will be back in here next week. And by the way, this is our greatest crowd since the pandemic started. So maybe far away is good. Far, far, far.